We're going to have God's word on our lap as we remember him in this time of the Lord's Supper. But before we get there, I wanted to tell you about two recent patients that I got the privilege of taking care of. One was in his 90s, having fought in World War II at the Battle of the Bulge, and the other in his late 60s, a veteran of Vietnam. And both of them, I noticed their bodies were very scarred, one of them missing a leg. There was shrapnel, the x-ray revealed, lodged deep within their tissues. And when I asked them about that, each of these men recounted an amazing story of love and sacrifice. For one, a fellow soldier jumped on a grenade, giving his life for the life of that one. And another, one of his fellow soldiers stayed back, giving his life guarding the retreating troops at the Battle of the Bulge as they got away from an exposed area. Now, 50 and 70 years later, neither of these men could recount their stories without tears in their eyes, choking, realizing that the life that they were living was a gift from somebody who loved them and they loved, who gave their life for that one. Jesus says in John 15, 13, he says that this is the very pinnacle of human selflessness and love. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And turn to Romans chapter 5, where Paul also speaks of this kind of love, which is amazing and rare among men, but which is well attested throughout humanity's history. For a good person, for a friend, one man might give his life to save another. Look at Romans 5, 7. With me where Paul describes this rare display of human love, something that would be rare a scarce event, but is imaginable. Paul says, one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one might dare even to die. But do you know what doesn't happen among humanity? Right, We might die for our friends. I could certainly imagine dying for my wife my children, even one of you. Somebody we love or deeply respect, we might dare to die for that person. But do you know who we don't die for? We don't die for our enemies. We don't die for the wicked ones. We don't tend to die to give our lives for the people who hate us. never heard a story of one jumping on a grenade to save their enemy on the battlefield. We don't throw ourselves in front of bullets meant for the enemies who are trying to kill us. We 
we don't love and we don't give our lives for our sworn enemies. Only God does that. In Romans 5-7, which we just read, it's surrounded by the amazing testimony of Romans 5-6 and 5-8, which speaks of a supernatural love. And this is not speaking of something in the abstract. Christian, as you read this, you should be more affected, I should be more affected than those patients I took care of who recounted what they saw happen right before their eyes. Somebody they loved died so that they could live. Scripture portrays a picture. Paul said, I publicly portrayed Christ as crucified to the Galatians. You know this story, but don't be comfortable with this story. Don't grow callous to this story or this truth. As we read these verses, see yourself here. Romans 5, 6, and 8 speaks of a greater love. God the Son's life was given for you and for me if we will receive it through faith. God died for us while we were his enemies, while we were ungodly, while we were still sinners, while we were committed to ourselves, living in hatred for God. And this isn't just a fellow human who died. This is the God of the universe, the creator, the Lord, the eternal three in one, working together in love. As Jesus Christ gave his life to absorb the full measure of the Father's just wrath against sin in his own sinless body. God the Father loved us so much that God the Son gave his life so that we could have God the Spirit given to us and be reconciled to him. Let's read Romans 5, 6 through 8 together and worship in amazement with me as we read God's word describe this selfless loving sacrifice for us. Romans 5, 6 through 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God, but God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so, just like those soldiers, those men, those veterans who I met have a daily reminder in their scars and in their mind's eye and their memories of the sacrifices that brought them life. We have a weekly reminder here at Grace Bible Church that Jesus instituted the night before he died. We have some physical reminders that are going to be in your hand, a piece of bread and a cup of juice. A piece of bread that Jesus said, this is my body. This is a a reminder, a physical representation of Jesus' body that 
you remember was given for you. And there's a cup, a reminder of Jesus' blood. Not the blood of bulls and goats, but Jesus' blood, sinless, sacrificed in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. There's nothing magical about this bread or juice. There's nothing meritorious in taking it. You don't gain God's favor by doing this. But instead, these physical reminders are for us to remember Jesus, his love for us, God's love for us, and all that that means. Now, believer, consider your life in light of God's love that we remember now. Your trials, they can be seen through a lens of joy. Look back at Romans 5.3. We're not going to go there, but you see Paul weaving this together. Trials can be seen through a lens of joy. Our sin is something that no longer has the power or allure it had over us. God is no longer our enemy. He's no longer just a judge who we will have to face in terror one day, but he's a father who's reconciled us to him, who we get to spend eternity with. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. We've been justified. We are being sanctified. Sinner, worship, rejoice. And if there is sin, give it up, repent, and take the bread and juice with us. And as you remember God's supernatural love for you that far surpasses even the greatest example of human sacrifice or love you can imagine, rejoice in worship. let me pause for a minute before the men serve us. In a room this size, there are certainly some here who have not put their faith in Jesus. Maybe who are comfortable you know, giving God just a little bit of their life, comfortable coming to church, maybe interested, maybe don't know what this is all about. Maybe putting stock, some hope in your own ability to impress God. Notice what this passage said. It said, while we were still weak, unable, there was nothing attractive in you. When you read God loved you, it's not because you were lovable. On your own, your relationship to God should terrify you. Because you have sinned and transgressed against a perfect, holy, righteous God who knows all, sees all. And who will not leave a single sin unpunished. Think about that. You have sinned. I have sinned. And every single sin deserves death. And it will. The justice for that sin will be meted out by God. But Jesus absorbed it. He took the wrath that was meant for any who would put, his faith, put their faith in him. So turn to God now. In faith, if you haven't trusted in Jesus, let the bread and juice pass when it comes to you. But please don't leave here today 
without turning to Jesus. Don't leave here today without talking to me or somebody else about this wonderful news. Men, please serve us. Take communion on your own. And remember God and his love for us.